as much as it rains, it'll stop raining sooner or later. You just hold on tight, and sometimes we just gotta learn how to dance under the rain. Welcome to Life is for the Living. I'm your host, Rebecca Richmond. In this episode, we focus on children and specifically what we teach them and what they teach us. But before we begin, I should warn there is a fair amount of parental gushing in this episode. So do not say that I didn't warn you. And with that, let's start with a question about what our guests are proud to have taught their children. To some extent, all of our guests did try to teach them the values of their home country. However, many of them, including Makram, found this sometimes a rather uphill battle. We tried the best we can, but it's impossible because they teach them differently in the school. They have peer pressure from the kids at school. Uh, Things that we think they are wrong to the others might not be wrong. Uh, That's why probably they are confused uh, on on, um, getting married, for instance, because... uh, they feel like uh, almost everyone of them uh, told us about their ch- their friends in school who got married and they got divorced. Some of them twice or three times. They're a bit in between, and I cannot blame them because. And I keep telling telling my wife, I mean, just leave them alone, leave them alone, because she wants to, you know. She wants to have a grandchild, for instance. And I said, if they don't want to, they don't want to. And, uh, you know, the, the, the many times she told my son that she could get, uh, she has to get married and get uh, kids. He finally uh, b- uh, bought himself two dogs. He said, these are my grand dogs. I said, no, they are not my grand dogs. And, and especially when they name, name, name it after my family name, the dogs, and I said, this is a disgrace in Iraq to have a dog in my family name. Uh, but what can we say? We have to laugh about it now. Otherwise, we're in, good, in big trouble. If you have listened to previous episodes, you will know that Makram highly values education, and this is also repeated in his parenting. Oh, I always taught that, told them that the one thing that I stress always is... You have to have, when they were, everyone who went to college, to university, and I don't call it college because they, yeah, maybe one or one or two went to college. Yeah, I told them, by the time you finish your university, have at least two degrees, not one. Because you don't know which one is going to be obsolete when you, when you graduate. And, uh, and the thing that, we always like tell them things and what's frustrating is children never listen to parents because they don't know nothing. And we are fobs fresh off the boat. We came here and, and even one time, like we were sitting here in, and, and uh, minding my own business, uh, trying to watch TV. And the two smaller ones were arguing, you go bring the dictionary. No, you go bring the dictionary. And I, you know, 
And then, and then I said, like, what was the word you're looking for? And, and, and then she, the, the, uh, the uh, older one said this word. I said, oh, this is easy. This is this thing. How did you know that? So what do you mean, how did I know that? I had nine years in, in, uh, in Baghdad with the Jesuits. We never spoke any Arabic. In, during the even when you go out, when we were even in first year of uh, high school, we were out in the um, in the yard, you know, playing between classes. If you want to go to the restroom and you don't know where it is, you have to, to ask in English. Otherwise, they will not tell you. They will force you to you know express yourself. What no matter what. And I said I had nine years, and I came here. I did my master's degree in Wisconsin. I was always speaking English. And then I am now, I've been here for the last 15 years teaching in English. And you don't want me to know this word? What do you mean? Never, ever say that again. Gada actually started out with an intention of teaching her children Arabic, but quickly realized that she didn't like what her children were learning along with the Arabic. Early on with Samir, he, we, we, he, he went to a private school. And it was a Muslim private school. He lasted for like a year and I pulled him out. I just did not like the the stuff he was saying. He he would say things to the neighbor kids that were not. Like he went up to the neighbor kid and he told him, hey, Miles, you know, you're going to go to hell because you believe Christ is the son of God and he's not. And he was four years old. He was four years old. And I'm like. What are they teaching him in school? You know, I was interested in the school because I wanted him to learn the language. It was about the Arabic language. It wasn't about the, but how do you find an Arabic school without the religion aspect of it? But no, I mean, that's really the only time. And then I stopped. I, we were trying really hard. Um, You know, Abraham used to tell me. It's your fault the kids don't speak Arabic because you don't speak it. I'm like, well, I'm not comfortable with it. So go back to my, when I found my voice, it wasn't in English. Gada has previously described her experience of not being able to communicate at all after she immigrated to the U.S. When I finally, you know, I don't think in Arabic. I don't, every now and then I do get stuck on certain words. I'm like, oh, there's an Arabic word for it, but there's no English word. But I don't, I, I think. You know, you asked me earlier, like that, I think somewhere in my teenage year that clicked, I want to say 16, 17, something clicked and it was just English, English, English. I was thinking in English, dreaming in English, you know, like, and I stopped until this day. I, I still cannot. My Arabic isn't very good. Like Makram, she is proud that she taught her children to value education. I think... Oh gosh. I, I mean, I'm proud in instilling because they were so young when I was going, you know, cause I was in school. I think the fact that they saw that I took school seriously, like education, you know, I, I, I mean, I, they were living it and if it affected them, you know, like, Hey Sam, watch your sister. I need, I have a paper to write or, um, so I think education I'm proud that I was able to not just say, get educated, it's important, but 
I was able to model it. I was showing them how to do it. And I don't mean get educated so you could have a job or you could, you know, ed- education is for me, at least it's more than that. It's, it's problem sol- solving. It's, it's just being, I don't know. I think you think differently. You, you have a different perspective on life. But I think the most I'm proud of is that I, I never ever forced anything on them. Everything they ever wanted to do was by, by choice. I was not one of those helicopter moms. I didn't hover. I encouraged independence so much so to where I am so proud to say I never spoon fed a child a baby. I refused to. From the time they could grab food with their own hands, I would set them up in a high chair, put a cloth on the floor and just let them go at it. Even if we were at restaurants, like I didn't care. I never spoon fed a child that was able to feed themselves. Um, I think it started with food, but it went to other things. It was the same thing with their clothes, with how they wanted to do things. I of course, I helped them, you know, get bathed and get dressed and read to them and things like that. But anything they could do for themselves, I, I was hands off. I didn't, I, they did it themselves. All four of my kids from the time they were in kindergarten, they got up themselves, dressed themselves, packed their lunches themselves. So I, I was not that parent. I think the independence, the the pushing the independence and the... um and that you, you know, you have a choice and then, you know, never went down the road. Like with religion, I never emphasized it. Values, of course, we all have values. I mean, I mean, yeah, like any parents, like, what will people think? Don't do that. Don't, you know, not to sound cheesy, but I don't know. It. I got so much joy out of every single one of my children. And I truly, truly, like, I loved being a parent. And I completely, completely, like, for the longest time, I didn't know how to identify myself other than, like, mom. Like, other than being a mom. Like, that, my whole role was wrapped up in, in that. But I wanted to be, like, a mom with other stuff. Like, I wanted to be that mom. Like, you know what I mean? Right. So they're all very unique. Each one of them is so unique. But I'm just so proud of them. They're just, they're just really, really, really good kids. Really good kids. They, they have an amazing moral compass that I don't know where they get it from. <laughs> um, And they just, I I don't know. I don't I don't know. I don't know if I could even take credit for it to be honest. Like I I don't know. They're just they're just such good kids. Just so kind and so so generous and I mean we would show up at like school functions and the teachers like, "Oh my god, you're you're Sarah's mom. You're, you know, you're Sam's mom. You're your kids, they're so polite. They're so nice. They're so, you know, and they'd go on and on and on and on. And I'll be like, yeah, you little boogers, you wait till you get home and you give it all to me. <laughs> You're not nice to me at home. 
And then I remember thinking like, that's good. At least they're, you know, they behave themselves around people. Like if they are gonna, if they're gonna be, you know, not so good, like, yeah, do it at home. Claudia taught her children what her parents taught her. Good work ethics and uh, good values. I, th- I think um, both my sons are, are uh, you know, good workers, good people. Um, they, they, they give it all. Like, you know, when they take on, when they work with, they just, uh, they're hardworking individuals. Um, they got it from their grandparents, they got it from their dad, and, and they got it from, from me. Uh, those, um, yeah, just good, hardworking, honest individuals. Did you specifically try to instill the values and culture from Italy in them? Um, I'm sure I did. Uh, I mean, we lived them. We lived the, you know, the customs of, um, with our, you know, with our grandparents. Um, we, we lived them. We lived them. Debbie, on the other hand, focused on instilling respect and kindness in her children. I touch them like, you know, you, you have to be two people fair and then you treat people as the way that you want people to treat yourself, to, right. you know, and then you respectful to others and, and also have a self value worth, you know, and then also honesty is best thing. You know, you have to be honest and yeah, so that's it. Did you try to instill uh, Chinese values? Yes, I, I do. Like, but that's a part of it. You respect your elders, right. and uh, and then uh, uh, you know all the thing, and then you you make sure you you know you got to take care of yourself, and your family is important, and you respect others. For Crusader, humbleness and resilience were the main things that she wanted her kids to have. Um, I will always tell them to be humbles. You know, I think um, humbleness opened the doors to any place. Being humble in life, always be grateful for what you have and um, never give up. Never give up. Just keep on moving, going, going, going. And, um, you know, I always, always tell them, as much as it rains, it'll stop raining sooner or later. You just hold on tight. And sometimes we just got to learn how to dance under the rain. Right? And I have a saying, I, I, I have a saying that I learned to dance in the rain with, with heels. But as parents try to teach their children, they also learn from them. Debbie learned the value of asking questions. This generation, which is good, uh, they always want to know why. That's how they learn it. In my generation, I always told them, it's like, you, you don't eat. Why you question? We don't question. But now mm-hmm. they always say, why? Why you do this? I said, you know, mm-hmm. so you need to tell them, like, for instance, you know how um, they say, like, uh, why, uh, okay, like, we, why you can't sleep with your hair wet? <laughs> yeah. I said, I don't know. I'm just told not to. <laughs> he said, why? Why can't 
to, you know, that they, they want to know, but, you know, that's why they, that's why now is the people are so smart, you know, in, you know, in my era, we don't ask questions. We just do as we told. A lot of things I still don't understand why, you know, like, uh, have you been to like, you know, how you go in, incense to like, uh, for Chinese, mm-hmm. like you always put like three, three cups and three top, three pairs of chopsticks. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, like for instance, my, my kids will ask me, okay, we're gonna go to, uh, uh my, my mom and my dad's, uh, cemetery. He says only two of them. So you put two pairs of chopstick and two, pa- you know, two bowl. Why you put three extra one in there? Right. I said, I don't know. <laughs> we always put three. <laughs> I still don't know what is that for. Yeah. So they learn, you know, so, and then, and I had to go ask questions. <laughs> so we're still learning every day. Makram, Hana, and Crusader all learn to be open-minded, or at least keep their opinions to themselves. I think the only thing that they taught us is is uh, to be tolerant, I guess, uh, not to be biased. Um, although we're still biased, but we don't we don't have to show it to them. <laughs> so. <laughs> Because what we think is wrong is wrong, and what they think in here might not be wrong, so we have we have to you know play in the middle to be more open minded to not to be more um how can I explain you to have to not just close myself to my own culture, or oh, this is the way I'm going to do it. They teach me their culture now. So it's, it's kind of like I learned a lot from them. It's the American way. And lastly, Claudia's children, including our producer Marco, taught her to relax. Not to take things so seriously. Not to be so uptight about things. Um, not to worry so much, because I am a worrier. <laughs> um, I don't know. I I guess um, yeah. It's sort of just so. Just let things go a, a little. Just to be a little bit more relaxed, enjoy life a little bit. And that's it for this child-centric episode. In the next episode, we will unpack the stuff of life, what makes us happy, and what makes us sad. If you have any suggestions about future guests, topics, or just want to chat in general, you can reach us at at lifeisfortheL on Twitter and Instagram, or email us at lifeisfortheLivingPodcast at gmail.com. The Life is for the Living Podcast is written by me, Rebecca Richman, and produced by Marco Burlo. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.